Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Peace, peace. So we are the, we are the Brooklyn Combine. This is the Brooklyn Combine. And um, welcome to another day, brothers. What's the word? Peace, Keith. Who we got on? It's our uh, barn. Barn cooking in the background with the toaster mm -hmm. oven and shit. <laughs> we got Phil. I'm in. I'm in the building. Who you at, Rodney? So we got um, Rodney Agnew. So um, so what are we starting with? What are we starting with, Uncle Phil? One-on-one -on -one with Brooklyn rapper Mano. Talk about um, drill music. There's a lot of talk about the violence that's associated with it. Mano just brought some of the biggest names in hip-hop to City Hall, including rapper Fabio Foreign. So the man can get a, a real perspective and a real understanding of what drill rap is. In recent weeks, two drill rappers have been murdered in Brooklyn. Friday Mayor Eric Adams expressed his concerns over drill songs and videos posted to social media that reference ongoing gang wars. It is alarming. Nobody was talking to the direct artist that comes from that element. That element. Uh, Eric Adams sitting down with Mano, and they, they're like talking about ways that they can, um, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know, correct? Without discussing what? capitalism. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. It's, 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 oh, it's weird because it looks like Eric, like ever since Eric Adams got into office, it seems like he's been getting this like weird, uh, this weird like marketing campaign. I'm like, is he actually doing anything or is he just like saying he's going to do stuff at places? Yeah, I mean, he he's he's, you know, doing what he's supposed to do. He's on the he's in the machine. So he's like, you know, setting up. Yeah, girl, we're going to do, we're gonna do X, Y and Z. And um. And, oh, yeah, I got swag, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. What do you say? I'm the I'm New York's Obama? Like, what? <laughs> so weird. Yeah, he's Let's a wild see. guy. He's all about how he appears. Wait, he yeah. said, he said, he actually said that? He said, I'm New York's Obama? Hold on, let me, let me fact check that. <laughs> all yeah, I know is that, that. my fucking pulling guns out of Granny's pillowcase. <laughs> Crack out of the... Yeah, he's like, it's as simple as a crack pipe. I'm like, nigga, when is a crack pipe been simple? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> Why? Yeah, how do you... I mean, it seemed like he's he's undoing a lot of shit. Like, you know, he's, it seemed like he's going for a lot of these, like, quality of life kind of issues mm -hmm. um, that, you know, really kind of was pretty disruptive. Um, who was that, Mayor Koch that did all that shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, like, like, oh or, or was gosh. that Giuliani? It's Giuliani. Giuliani. I mean, Koch did that shit too. Mm -hmm. Koch was a clown too. <laughs> I wasn't around for it, but I did a lot of reading on that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was different. It depends on what you consider quality. Because Mayor Koch, Mayor Koch was was with you know Forty Second Street and all that. Giuliani wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Otz was the one who well, also he, was pushing to get the Central Park Five locked up. Mm-hmm. Well, any mayor. I mean, I, mayor, I was gonna say all white men were on that that bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, I think what's interesting is that the narrative, you know, that a lot of the narratives that they run it with, um, you know, like with the uh, with the Asian hate, you know, the woman that just got killed down in Chinatown, um, you know the links that they're trying to make with violence and then you know which you know that situation and the situation where the guy pushed the woman on the on the train tracks those were like mental black health woman issues. that was stabbed to death in brooklyn too on the street mm-hmm. which, yeah so yeah i mean but it's like you know they're creating like all these like you know i guess like thumb thumbnail issues you know what I'm saying? Like the, the way they're kind of making like the, the issues are like just like very topical and, you know, kind of leaves a lot of room for folks to make a lot of snap judgments and shit, you know? I would say that's by design. That's how America works. Of course. You know, of it's course. like you don't have much information, but you have an emotional connection to it. And then you get uh, a space to, you know. Yeah, I mean. Wow. <laughs> a soapbox, a platform. Like, like, I mean, that's ultimately the, the anti-vaxxer movement. Not to no, no judgment, but you know, cats is like, yo, I need, I need my, I need my, my human rights. I don't want to wear no mask. And it's kind of like, all right, but science, there, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that, yeah, you know what, if you get this vaccine, you might live longer. And yeah. I just, now we, we're, we're kind of, you know, they're about to, you know, de you know, deregulate the mask and all that, but, but there's a certain lack of, um, understand a lack of information that you know it, it really is based on like an emotion like a knee jerk like yeah, yeah. i feel i feel entitled like you you guys are stopping me from living yeah and it's never connected to like a communal way of thinking it's mm -hmm. like i mean between popular culture and all of that like communal thinking is is uh just looked down upon yeah because the reality is yeah most of us would have probably survived the uh you know, COVID, but now we got variants. We got people who, you know, uh, compromise their immune systems and shit like that, who can't survive it, but nobody talks about that, you know, or or they talk about it in a way where it's about numbers. You know, we can afford to lose that amount of people, mm -hmm. you know, not thinking about individuals and how, yeah, yeah so. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, to that point, just turning folks into numbers, you know, that's, that's a way to, um, like, dehumanize some yep. folks, you know. Um, but, you know, to the point that you guys were just making, like, I remember, like, it was like summer 2019, there was a podcast on NPR where they were talking about, um, you know, this idea of mortality, which is relative. And then when you know, and what they were saying was is that when people feel that their mortality has been jeopardized, they stick closer to closer to their like social norms. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is they, they kind of isolate and dehumanize another person so that they can kind of make, you know, peace with the fact that, you know, they place their survival, you know, over another person. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so I think a, a lot of a lot of what we dealing with now is everybody's in this like this this survival mode like on some like mutant level, you know. I mean, we 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 actually started with um with that like sort of mayor, uh, you know, 
we could we could kind of use that to segue into because I'm going to go back and pull that. But we 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 started with the new mayor Eric Adams, and you know he's he's on a on a crusade of sorts to like you know address. It's funny because what he wants to address is the you know spike in gang violence or whatever and his way of like you could you can tell like this mayor is probably or well, not probably he seems to be an attention whore um and <laughs> he's a whore um well <laughs> well i mean he's a poly, he's a politician well yeah but some politicians are, are a he's he's unique in that he's i would i might even go as far as to say he's closer to like the trump brand of like self aggrandizing and grandstanding what's, what's the what's the word he's used is all the like hey hey one story. second we we got we got chairman dogs on the line got chairman dogs in the building peace Ken. you're not gonna say nothing dog what what were you saying rodney he uses like all the dog whistling topics but like he's not on a campaign he, he basically is trying to address gun violence with and gang violence with drill. Like, we need to go to drill rap. We need to, we need to stop that. But with that said, like, we're looking at, like, that's, that's I guess, that is a part of the problem, but is it? Well, I mean, I think, I think um, the only thing, so, so politicians are um, inherently studiers of, pop culture that's how they get elected right they become popular and so when you are identifying or trying to uh critically analyze a society's problem you typically will go to the surface things which is pop culture and what's a big driver of pop culture in new york city is drill rap Mm -hmm. um it doesn't you know it's not necessarily an indicator of the stressors, the economic stressors, the social stressors. Um, it's not necessarily an indicator of society's problems um, because drill rap is art. And I think that art is, you know, a storytelling mechanism for artisans. And if it's not looked at in that way, you know, it's easy for art to be the scapegoat, the same way that graffiti was the scapegoat, the same way that hip hop was the scapegoat, the same way that punk rock was, you know, music was the scapegoat, the same way that rock music was the scapegoat. And so, um, you know, a politician looking at drill rap is not controversial. It's, 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 it's almost expected, you know, like, you know, what do we look at? Um, it also is, is emblematic of the ineptitude of politics, politicians, and people who are trying to be popular. There isn't, you know, there isn't a, a peer-reviewed study about what's informing the violence, what's informing, the, you know, the drug use, what's informing, you know, um, you know, school dropout rates, mm-hmm. um, unemployment rates. Which, what's, what are the drivers for those things? And so because, because we're not really looking at what's causing the problems, you know, we're looking at drill rap. And unfortunately, we, ha- we, we have a mayor, um, you know, like we've always had, though, 
right? Like Eric, Eric Adams is not the worst mayor we've ever had. He's just a typical mayor, right? Yep. And unfortunately, we have a mayor who, um, who is obviously concerned about being reelected, maybe being elected to a higher office. Um, and in that vein, um, we are subject to um, popular politics. And so sitting in an office with a bunch of rappers and um, drill rappers, um, regular rappers and, and saying, hey, we're gonna do a thing. You know, I, you know, I, I think I, I'm not mad at that as a step to yeah, say, I hey, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna build with, with, with the young brothers. I'm not mad at the connection with the Maino or whoever to, to kind of like make, make the connection to a community, but is the connection gonna be real? And that's the thing we need to kind of, we need, you know, as a community, we need to police. Yeah. Is it gonna be real? Is it gonna be authentic? Is it really a step in authentically creating a connection or is it a step in, you know, again, being popular because this rap music is popular music? Yeah, yeah. Keith, ultimately, what is it he's saying that he would like to come from these conversations with the drill rappers? So, um, <laughs> I see Dog shaking his head. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know that he said anything. Yeah, I, we're going to, I feel like we're going to do a thing. I feel like it's the photo op, maybe. You know, the, it's the, always, the always looks like it. a photo op. Yeah. <laughs> It seems yeah, like he said, he said, we're going to do it. We're going to do a thing. I think I, you know, I think that an empowered community does not wait on a politician and does not rely on a politician. An empowered community is self-reliant. We do for self. And the politician is trying to get in. He's trying to buy in. And I think that's the powerful thing about this group of brothers. If the Mainos, the Bleezies and all these young cats, but not just on the woo side, on the Blicky side as well, the 22 G's, the you know, if 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 all of these guys, right, were coalescing and building together, right, then the mayor wouldn't be coming to them saying, "Hey, I'm going to validate you," and here, come sit at my table. The mayor is going to be saying, "Man, how how can I be part of the conversation to be part of what you guys are doing?" And I think that that's that's where the conversation needs to go, and hopefully, it does. I think because of my proximity to it, I just have a different perspective. Um, I don't necessarily think all art is good art. Um, and I don't think we, I think as humans, we have a natural disposition to protect or get in protective mode concerning art, concerning um, political acumen when there's a black person involved. Um, and sometimes I think we're not as critical as we should be. I also don't think that this drill rap is in a vacuum. I'm very hesitant to call things, oh, this is drill rap, this is that. It, it, it's, it's a vacuum. Um, and that vacuum begins with the art form, which was generated out of, of uh, as a response to white nationalism and white supremacy in urban areas. Um, I don't see much of a distinction between drill, drill rap, gangster rap, uh, drug rap. Uh, it's all uh, a continuum to me. Um, and, and if we really want to have real serious dialogue about it, I think we got to accept the fact that 
it's, it's kind of solidified by self-hate. Um, you're not gonna get, find any genre of art where a group of millionaire white people, well, millionaire black people are gonna go to a Jewish community or Irish community and say, yo, I'll give you, I'll give a very small percentage of you millions of dollars if you make music about killing one another and make that shit sound cool. Um, I think we're in a unique position as, as black people in this society where they, we're always susceptible. Our children, every generation are always susceptible to some American trend that takes our kid from a path of hope um, and dreams to the basic shit. And, you know, I, so I, when I look at it, clearly to me, um, it's a distraction because when you, when you look at what's, where these young men are coming from, many of them, not many, a few I represent, just recently, some of the cases that's been in the paper, I'm, I'm connected to as a criminal defense attorney, that these kids, many of them, parent, fathers killed, dead, like dead. Their dad is not happy for them. We don't know what their dad is. Their dad is dead from violence. Um, they come from a neighborhood where their dad may have come from, but that neighborhood has not changed in their lifetime. The schools are still bad. Healthcare is still bad. Mental health still is bad, still bad. There's no possibility of hope or dream. So now in the digital age where we're bombarded, bombarded with black masculinity in, in, the, in the lens of entertainment and art, these young men think that they can, they have a better chance of doing that than anything else. That's hopelessness. That's, so it's really what does the music represent? And unfortunately it represents like crime, a, a, a opportunity to get out of the trappings of poverty. So now you gotta start talking about capitalism and you gotta start talking about community, which, which to me, um, it really becomes a distraction when you have a mayor who is puppeteered by white men. Um, that's my opinion, not anyone else's, it's my opinion. Instead of him showing this, this anger and, and um, he's a black man, he understands the history of New York. You should be appalled at the school system as far as how our children are misled or miseducated. Instead of you focusing on the underlying issues, you do a press conference and call these kids, many of them are 17, 18, 15, 14, bad people. Mm -hmm. So for me, we start, this thing starts floating into a da very dangerous position because what, it, what is it really all about? Yo, we yeah. want to be able to police y'all niggas and do not apply the constitution. Indiscriminately. Bad. Yep. And you guys are innately bad because if the only solution you can go to is say, hey, we got to attack the drill rap. I don't see you attacking the corporations, the Legrands or whoever else who makes this money or the black facilitators who sign these kids. So yep. it's a real weird thing to me because I have posted some stuff and on one side, I'm getting the dudes who I know from the street who are stand to capitalize off of these kids, but clearly they can't control the gang element to it because there's a gang element to it. We can't pretend that it's not. They can't control that, it's out of their hands. It's out of Mano in them hands. They can't control that. The mayor in them can control it by locking motherfuckers up. 
and, and getting intel to, to perhaps, first of all, the fact that the, the, the music is advocating beefs, talking about prior beefs, future beefs, it then begins to seep into criminal law. And if we expect white cops and black people and black, black people with white masks to ignore that, we're playing ourselves. And if our thing is, oh man, yo, this is not fair. We're playing ourselves. And I think it's like Uncle Keith said, yo, the real, the real motivation behind this should be, yo, the, 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 the community gotta look itself in the mirror and say, yo, damn, we've been cowards. We've been cowards. Like, damn, this is, this is uh, you know, these kids are not in this in a vacuum. We can't blame the kids to this. Like we didn't create a safe space in our community for kids to do something that's much more
that's just no, me. No, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting, you know, you know that you say that, Kenny, because my, my question is, is like, you know, you get rid of the drill rap, you get rid of all of the kids, you know, with the guns, you know, then what? You know, like what's in place? Uh, you like, you, you know, what's that? Born, you ain't, you're right. It's just, what's the solution? But you ain't getting rid of any drill, drill rap. It's a subculture at this point. And the more you lean on it, the more the kids are going to do it. So that's yeah. not happening. And you ain't getting rid of these guns because those guns make money and white people love guns. And they know the pipeline of how those guns are generated, shipped out of the country, back into the country, through Colombia, Mexico, up the pipeline from Atlanta to New York, from North Carolina, Virginia to New York, in the hands of these young men with guns who are not only rapping about self-hate, black self-hate, they are following up on it. And that isn't their fault, but they're complicit in it. And unfortunately, yeah. we don't have any movements. All these, all these OGs, all these gangsters who can provide these kids with a possibility of getting a deal and all this other shit, they ain't giving them no knowledge itself. They ain't creating no safe space so these kids could perhaps be businessmen they are creating a bottle and it's a bottleneck and everybody in a mama is trying to get through that one little narrow lane to be the next thing. And that's yeah. us becoming complicit in, in the spectacle and observers in our own demise. And that's just, you know, that's just, I, don't, I ain't even speaking for the combine. I'm speaking for myself with that. Like I, when I got to represent friends of my kid who's only 18, um, when I go to court and I see his friends, they got their raps, they throwing up their GD, they throwing up this or that, their blood shit, their crib shit. And then on the other end, I got the people, hey, leave them alone. It's just music. It's just art. Yeah, this shit ain't just art. Man. It's, it's beyond art. Our lives have never just been art in America. Yo, dogs, let me ask you, on the other side of this, it would seem to me that Eric Adams had to run this whole campaign against drill rap through his uh, council. Like, yo, I want to go after this or maybe mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. so it's not like he's just going to speak off the cuff. I, I would think mm -hmm. about something this serious. Well, I don't know but, about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I know he say like wild shit, like I got swag and all of that, mm -hmm. but it's, like, this is like an agenda, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to call a meeting, this, that, and the third. And so at a time where we, at this type of violent moment where people are being attacked on the streets and all that mm -hmm. other stuff. And, you know, Asian people and black people are rubbing up against each other. At, mm -hmm. you know, why do you, what would you say? To me, it just feels as though um, it's by design. Like it's not just about drill rap that they brought this particular topic up right now. Well, you know, I mean, or, Look, look, it's, 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 you know, I mean, we, we operate in the system. All of us talk about that all the time. So mm -hmm. people are only doing what the parameters of the system allow them to do. We can't even look at Eric Adams' position as a mayor in a vacuum before he was exactly. a mayor. He exactly. was the Brooklyn Borough president. He was in a position to know what were the risk factors and what were the non-existent protective factors. At least you would think he is, is mm -hmm. Brooklyn Borough president and he had access to money that he gave to certain people organizations and all this other stuff clearly he had to see what was going on right like his his 
his his relationship to this isn't just simply picking up the post or calling the local district attorney's offices or calling the precincts. Surely, in his position as Brooklyn Borough President, which paved the way to him becoming the mayor, that he had information. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like what Uncle Keith says. He's responding to pop culture. That's that everyone does it. And it's, it's, it's very, very dangerous when you're politicians who have at their disposal data, information, history, and they can actually do something about it when they are just responding like everyone else. That's dangerous to me. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I don't, I, don't, um, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think it's going to end up being a good thing because when your lens is fog, foggy and you ain't thinking about cleaning up your lens or getting a new camera, you can keep getting the same distorted, delusional message and results. And that's what we, we're, we're doing. These kids are operating off of a delusion, man. And, and, and no, one is, 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 no one is uncomfortable enough to say enough is enough at this point yeah. at, I, about I, their education and all this other stuff. And, and I, don't, I don't think, Rebel A, that whole, the sky is falling. These kids are being used as a tool Exactly on a surveillance yeah. state that exactly. the, sky, the sky isn't falling. I'm in these yeah. courts. Keith is in these courts. This shit ain't no different than it was a year ago or five years yeah. ago. So, exactly. so you know, the, the, that narrative is, is based on the fact that, yo, we got to control these out of control little niggas who can't be helped. Yeah. And so now we can use whatever tools that we need in listen, order to he, Yeah, listen what he did. On one of the last cases, him... And and Eric, who's a who's a look, I consider Eric like a brother to me. I'm talking about Eric Gonzalez. Him and Eric had a had a press conference. Eric was very careful with his words, but um uh the the, the mayor, these guys begin playing videos and narrating videos about crimes. When does that happen? What happened to the presumption of innocence? What happens mm-hmm. to not poisoning the jury pool? So this, what this has shown me is that these guys are going to do whatever they do. This is the same. This is the same administration and group of people that thought it was okay to pull six million people over in the effort to stop a small percentage of crime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it, why, why do you, why do you allow that? Why are you okay with that? Because the subjects are subhuman. They don't deserve the protection of the Constitution. They don't deserve to look at what really started this shit. But you know, I think that, and I, I think that, we're like when we when when we have a conversation about um, politicians, politicians' responsibility to community, I think that our 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 conversation is a bit juxtaposed historically. And so, if we look at um, you know, Eric Adams, Eric Gonzalez, Bragg, whoever, right? They're all public servants. And the idea is that they are, they, they, they are supposed to provide a service, um, you know, at the leisure of the people. But when we think about them, we often think about them as if, you know, they're like their royalty or they're like, you know, we call them your honor. And we, you know, we, we bestow a certain level of of honor on these roles. And what we should really do is we should be bestowing um, a level of responsibility and accountability on those roles. And so if we, if we put the appropriate amount of accountability on those roles, then what we do is we actually 
honor the people, we honor ourselves. And that's the thing that's not happening. The reason why I think that that the drill music is is really just art is because most of the kids, when you go in studios and, and you see them creating this music, there's some exceptions, but when you see them creating this music, these are kids who are trying to make, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to make art, they're trying to figure out, and if drill music does not become pop, does, you know, loses popularity and a new, new, um, you know, a new kind of like subculture or new wave becomes popular, then the kids are going to go there. And we've like, I feel like we've seen it. I remember in, I remember in the, in the eighties, in the late eight, no, late eighties, late eighties, uh, mid, early to mid nineties, there was a wave of, and we talked about this, um, on a, on a, on a doc desk that's being filmed, but there was a wave of like hyper violence with the Decepticons and, um, you know, slice slashings and stuff like that. But at the same time, there was this wave of the Daisy Age, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, X-Clan, um, Brand Nubian. And so what was happening in, in certain communities was incongruent what was happening with the art. And what happened? The, the, the you know, the decepts and, 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 and that wave of, um, that wave of the gang kind of died out because that shit just wasn't cool. It just wasn't cool anymore. Like people were just like, I'm not on that. And I think that um, what we're seeing now is we're seeing a wave of hyper-violent music, but it's congruent what's happening with what's happening on the street. And that's why drill music is an easy target. But I think that, to, I think to Dogs' point, um, it's really just indicative of other societal pressures that are not being dealt with, other conversations that are not being had, a lack of transparency, a lack of honesty in terms of programming. Like, think about it, right? The violence would, of course, the violence is going to be up. You know why? Because there are there's really no after school programs happening right now there's really no extracurriculars happening right now you know why because of covid and mm -hmm. so and so as co as covid has condensed the amount of trauma that that many people are feeling right and then as people are now going back out going back out into the streets right what are they doing with that trauma it's not being channeled anywhere the energy is not being channeled anywhere, and you know, you know, and you know, we can. There's a whole bunch of other conversations to be had about where resources are being spent or sent, um, but it's not being sent into underserved and historically marginalized communities, and it's not being used productively. And so, what's happening, right? We're just imploding on one another. I think one of the things that I, I find interesting about it all is just the um how can i say it like the narrative that's being like you know extracted from my from all of this is so saturated you know you wonder like what some of the impacts of you know of of the narrative that uh that the mayor is driving is going to have over the next like you know even nine months you know two years five years like how it's going to impact young people's futures just by you know, them almost like looking like a thumbnail, you know, 
if that makes well, sense. You know, listen, hypervigilance is a response to trauma. Um, that, that, that's, you know, we can look at the science that being hypervigilant is a product of unaddressed trauma. So now when you have hypervigilance embedded in your society, embedded through the music and is sold as a commodification of black pain and deprivation, and then you want to stand up and be like, yo, how did we get here? Hey, whoa. Then you have these contingencies, hey, let them do it. And these contingencies doing, hey, well, you know, um, lock them up, put them in jail. <laughs> it, it shows you that we have forsaken our children and our community. Like we have forsaken them. You know, there's, there's a lack of courage. It, we've been cowardice in the last 20, 30 years. Like it wasn't cool, you, you know, and I hate these old timers and I call them old timers. Yo, man, in my day, yo, you ain't just woke up in the street and killed on you. No, yeah, you did. I grew up, it was violence <laughs> everywhere. Like it's been violent. Mm -hmm. And we haven't corrected it because we survived it. One generation survived it. And they passed on all that bad juju to another generation. And capitalism has commodified it. And this, think about this. How do you get from Fred Hampton, Stokely Carmichael, H. Rap Brown, Malcolm, to the Super Bowl where you have people crip walking, um, throwing up crip signs on the biggest in the world? How do you get to that point? You do not get to that point because the people are innately bad. You get to that point because in the, in, in the community, in the black community, culturally, we do not educate. Our, 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 our cultural and our educational default does not belong to us and our children. And you get to that. So think about that. That's only a span of 30 to 50 years that you go from on the Super Bowl stage. It's the biggest advertisement for these kids to continue doing what they doing. How the fuck are you gonna tell these kids to stop when you got motherfuckers on the biggest, Damn. most um, uh, important media stage, crip walking. For those who know what a day room is, what do you think yeah. the dudes who was locked up in the day room were doing when they sit and watching that shit? So yo, it's it's the intended it's the intended effect or the intended result of segregation. Yeah, and so it is a continue. It is the continued um, uh, uh, abandonment of true black values in order to be integrated into into it's, this system. And let's say what it is though. <laughs> These drill rappers want to make money so they could get white adjacent. So that's helping the community. Okay. These kids don't know nothing about their history because 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 the, the, the people before them didn't teach them and some of them don't know about their history either. So right. that's that so this actually is the, the gangster music that we was listening to was bad juju mm -hmm. because we made mm -hmm. we made we made hustling and selling drugs and shooting one another cool. Like we really massaged it into coolness and to to sit back and think that it's not going to have any kind of impact on these kids in a society that is controlled visually is really naive or it's even much more deeper than that it's quite diabolical and and people don't want to see it for what it is so for all these russells and puffs and jay-z's you you it, it shows how meaningless they are and how replaceable they are in this system 
There were- yeah, I'll, I'll say one thing to that, yo. We are definitely explicit, but there was within the industry, uh, a segment of people who wanted that to happen. And they basically, you know, that's what they cultivated for whatever reason. Some people for political reasons, some people because they was chumps and somebody came up in the label and, and, and you know, made them feel better about themselves because now they was adjacent to the cool dude on the street. But it wasn't just us. So I think when we no, say- it, it was it was self, it's self-preservation. Yeah, it's a bunch. Yeah. It's a bunch. It's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a group of niggas that is is about self preservation. Mm -hmm. So if if I'm a, if I'm about self preservation, then it doesn't matter what helps, harms, or hurts my community, right? Exactly. I'm going. I'm going to do the thing that if it, if I can get me a six figure A &R job, and I could sign a bunch of kids talking about shooting, killing, and um you know, and, and massage other misogynistic, you know, uh, content. If I can do that, then I'm going to do that because the wave, if, and if the wave is, oh, conscious backpack rap, people talking about, you know, eating vegan and, and doing shit like that. And if that works, then cool. I'll do that too. That's, mm -hmm. that's, you know, and that's the difference I think. And that's, and I, and I think that it's, it's tough to point out, um, when the whole vegan rap, you know, most death, Talib, Kweli, whatever era is happening, right? But then when somebody who is as cool and as intelligent and as acceptable as Jay-Z does it, it's a little bit harder to see, right? But then when now, you know, you have these drill rappers, you know, Chief Keef or whoever um, talking about, you know, killing each other and all this other stuff, right? Um, now it's jarring, and, but it's only jarring to us because it's not, it's not our generation and it's not necessarily our era, How, you know? And so I think that the tough part of this conversation is um, making sure that we're sensitive. We're sensitive to the artistic aspect of it, but at the same time, um, connecting with other young people who understand, who have an ideology, something that dogs always said, Young people that have an ideology, young people that have a value system that's not rooted in self-preservation. If, if it's rooted in self-preservation, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it will never matter what the content is. But if it's rooted in community, and if it's rooted in you know, a, a, a radical sense of selflessness, then uh, it will always work and it will always matter. For, for, for me, I, I only have two, two things you know, that's just on my mind about it now is what are we going to do about it? <laughs> that's ultimately for me, like, what are we going to do about it? And then, uh, two, um, <laughs> the, if these young people actually knew their history and knew who the ops were in their community, then the, then the, then the, the art, the genre would reflect that. And to me, this is a, this is a, a ex exhibit A of how these young people, and it's not their fault, just don't know their history. Because if they really knew their history, then their genre, then the genre would be, it would be a, in a different artistic front. And that's that's our fault. That's the generation before them, the generation before that generation, the generation before that generation. 
Um, and that that's problematic. Um, and it goes back to, to community. It goes back to what we were saying on a, a couple of podcasts ago on why people like Fred Hampton were so important. Um, why people like Malcolm were so important. Why, you know, all these people were so important. Um, and when we don't embrace that, we're going to keep getting these same numbers and you're going to keep saying, yo, man, whiteness has this system that's destroying everybody. What are we going to do about it? Oh, man, make whiteness have morals. Make whiteness feel. And that shit is going to be till we fucking off of this planet and written out of history, as my, as Mally said uh, a couple of episodes ago. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of, of I, I actually do think uh, Adams has the potential to be one of the worst mayors from, from several <laughs> standpoints. Um, this is a, this is the person who's attempting to use these bells and whistles and peel back criminal justice reform, change bail reform, change discovery laws, uh, change the raise the age, while he's paving the way for for the the, the real estate guys to continue on gentrification, which is which is really just ethnic cleansing to me. So I think, you know, someone told me, someone, I, I found out who it is, some dude who made them college, black college sweaters, um, Chris Latimer, I guess is his name. He, was, he jumped up on my page this week when I had uh, commented about the silliness, but the dangerous silliness of it all and said, yo, man, I think it's weak that you, you critiquing the mayor because, you know, wait to see. Wait for what? We've been waiting for people to do the right thing for a very long time. Um, we, we can't keep waiting um, and, and giving people grace periods to see what they will do when our, when our children are involved. No one else does that. So, you know, that's you what know, I mean. The thing I want to add to the conversation is there's all this, you know, supposed criminal justice reform is premised on this idea that, you know, violent crime is out of control. And, you know, while there might be some increase since COVID, you know, we're coming from what are historical low levels for violent crime in New York City, even if it, if it doesn't feel like that some ways. So the, the thing that's dangerous to me about Adams is I feel like we've seen this move before where there's this um, fear driven uh, response to crime that, that really isn't proportional to the fear. And the result is going to be that they want to roll back all the things you're talking about, Kenny. You know, we yeah. have had some meaningful reforms in the criminal justice you know, world in the last 10 years in terms of bail reform and mm -hmm, discovery. Mm -hmm. And so when their solution is, we wanna get rid of all these things to fix a problem that is not in proportionate to what they represent it to be, I think that's a real, that's a real issue. Absolutely. If, if what they're trying to say is the problem is the music, then it, th that's hopeless. Like that's that hopeless. is not a meaningful yeah, response. That's, what, that's, what that's, that's so dangerous to me, because again, those 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 risk factors that 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 um, that contribute to crime have nothing to do with no goddamn music, period. And anybody who would challenge that, they don't care, and they and they're part but I of think, the problem. So, but I think even addition in addition to that, you know, just the articulation around it, you know, to say drill music and you know, which is like an identified group type of people that seeing this music it make it, it is as if to say that violent crime looks this specific way and it doesn't look any other way it can't be found in any other neighborhood but in these neighborhoods where these drill rappers come from and and, 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 let's, and, and let's be let's let's be honest about the data 
crime is going up nationally, even in the most conservative Republican districts, and they are the most restrictive concerning uh, laws and crime and criminal justice reform. So how do you respond to that? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm actually doing a, um, I'm doing a, in about an hour and a half, I'm actually doing this guy, Dean Meminger from New York One just hit me up too, sending me, I guess, uh, Mano had something to say about it. And then me and Uncle Keith actually spoke to Bleezy, who was um, present at, at the press conference. And I got another client, B Love, who was present as well, um, who was there. But I'm actually in Monterey and I'm going to be presenting on a topic that's called, and Phil helped me, Phil and Mally helped me with some visuals and put some things together on it. But the name of it is called Challenging the Conflation of Rap Lyrics and Cultural Expression with Gang Involvement. Um, I'm going to send, I'm going to send that to us, to everybody on the thread when we're done, just so you see what it was about. Um, so it's like, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I really believe, man, that it, unless we are really building with these young people on multiple mm -hmm. levels, um, we're going to basically help usher another generation off the plank. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, to me, I think that all of this boils down to money. You know what I'm saying? Whenever and race. Money and yeah, race. And how they've been getting money is off this racial construct, race constructs from the door. You know what I'm saying? So part of it is, I think, for us to be able to, if, if they're going to use our music as a weapon against us, then we got to remove them from the equation in regards to them getting money off of it. You know what I'm saying? So that we can actually control the direction of the cultural output. You know what I'm saying? I just think these politicians, as usual, they always go for, um, what's that saying? Uncle Keith always says, uh, the low hanging fruit. And it's just like, <laughs> It's the same thing over and over again. It's like, we're gonna attack the black community in some way, shape or fashion every time a new person comes in, even if they are black themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the prison, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but the country is definitely experiencing some, some issues in regards to money, you know what I'm saying? And whenever black people go to jail, I think it winds up generating more money for cats than it does taking money out of the system. It's, it's, it's something that I also I think um, I want to people, I know at least this is how I feel. Black people who are arrested for crimes, they get tagged as being representative of their race like no other um, mm -hmm. community. So if, 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 a, if a black person does something, um, that's the way crime has been processed in America, that person is representative of their race. And that's very problematic. And that's problematic in the sense of um, any, any type of criminality when you're looking at it. No other race of, you know, listen, a, a, um, a, a, a white cop can kill a black kid or strangle him to death. That's not representative of the white race. They're not bad. They're not innately bad. Um, and I think- A bad apple. Yeah, but, but for us, the criminality represents the progress of our race 
And that is the racial construct in which we live in. So when you see a bunch of kids in this light, it paints the picture. It's no different from Stone or, or any other the young, young black men in our community or jazz. They all are on that continuum line. Um, when, you, when you see the mentally ill guy who kills someone um, of Asian ethnicity, he's more representative of everybody. So, you know, look, you see that black guy crossing the street, lock your door. I don't know if any of you grew up in that time when we black guys walked across the street, people would literally lock their doors and you would hear the doors click. But when people get in the elevator, they clutch their elevators. That's a result of this racial construct that we all are programmed and invested in. And we're not creating the solutions to divest in that. And, and if we're talking about violence, we have to deal with the risk factors, but you can't just do that. You have to create protective factors. Kids have to have time and space to grow, to make mistakes, to question, to ponder, to be inquisitive. And we don't have that process. And um, there's no, that doesn't seem to be a movement at this point. All right. Well, with, with, with that said, y'all, we need to um, take a break. Need to jump into some music that Kenny has carefully crafted and curated because he's Just a, shut up, a genius. <laughs> you the ops, man. I'm going to make the rap about you, Phil. Straight up, kid. He said he got a hot 16 for you, Phil. <laughs> yeah. I got a drum for Phil. <laughs> What? <laughs> what are we listening All to? All the banks of the combine. That's what, 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 no doubt. What, what are we listening to, no man? Doubt. You didn't play what I. You never play what I asked, man. I asked I you did. to play the politician song. Uh, the politician the, the, song. The root song, man. Is the poli You know. You know what? Hold on for a second. Let me get it to you. If you play it. Give me a new list, man. Shut up. Oh, let me see, man. Let me see. Where Mally at, man? He's building a spaceship for us? Class. I think he's studying. And he's uh, building, yeah. a, building a spacecraft. Uh, politicians, Barry Brown, man. That's what I like to hear. All right. So we're going to listen to that and we'll, and we'll be back. Some are to die. 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 Some are to
I mean, I mean, I, you know, I want to, I want to, um, you know, hear what, hear what the rest of the guys have to say about this. Um, Re- Rebel A made know, a great, my, my, great point just now, though, um, that I think should should not be missed. Um, oh, just, I mean, I was just saying that that it's their perspective on this moment, and and that is important for us to hear because there's always no matter how similar things are, there's still always um, some nuances that we can learn from. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to add on top of what Kenny was saying is, you know, not only do does America try to define, you know, black people through through the crimes that, that are committed that they don't do to other races, but it also becomes a basis for policy. Yeah. Right. We take we take individual cases that's the it point. Anomalies, and we want to restructure our whole criminal justice system around one case. Of oh, one case. And it, and what, it, it is a horrible way to do it. And what, and what, and what uh, logical intellectual world based on science and data do you even think that's the thing to do? You know, like, like you know, it, it's, you're absolutely right, Steve. Not only do we do that, where we make decisions based on these, you know, single cases, but then we don't look back 15, 20 years and see, does any of this stuff work? Nope. No, you know, hey, I Steve. That, that tweet on the thread yesterday from that woman who yeah, said, you know, you know, based on us having the highest rate of incarceration in the world, we had we should have the, the safest country in the world. Yeah, Steve, that's why I question why they bother to do this right now because it is about policy. You know, they know everybody's emotional. You got these murders and stuff like now, so they strike and when the iron is hot. And that, and that's I mean, why and that's why I'm I'm. I, that's why I look at people who will say who are suggesting to be silenced in this moment as as enemies. Those are enemies because silence and, and, and silence is a tool of oppression. 
Um, and, that, and that's why I, I really find those people to be very problematic. Anyone who is saying, I'm gonna protect the politician and allow the politician to do whatever without holding that politician accountable in a civilized society, they are the problem. They are very dangerous. And um, uh, I, don't, I don't have any room. Every, you're not supposed to debate with everybody. Everybody, you know, if you think you're supposed to debate with everybody, that's not that's not the case. You, you can't debate everybody, and everybody shouldn't. You shouldn't debate everybody. Some people are dead fucking wrong, and and you don't, you know, we don't know how to draw a line. Our line is in the sand, <laughs> you know. Drawing a line in the sand ain't really helpful. But but I think what's really going on right now is it's kind of like the um, the Empire Strikes Back moment in criminal justice. You know, there's a lot of things that have been hard fought and won that I think have really made a difference in a lot of people's lives in terms of stop and frisk and bail and discovery. And the other side that feels like they lost are doing everything that they can to get those um, changes removed. And the way that they do it is through fear. You know, this that, is, absolutely, no, you're right, Steve. And that, you know like what, what abortion. It's, a, it's a book that people should pick up called Black Rage. And people actually, one of the one of the psychologists and authors of Black Rage, a lot of people don't know, is actually David Allen Greer, the comedian's father. Um, YouTube, um, Black Rage, David Allen Greer Sr. or whatever, Greer, hit YouTube that, and there's a footage of him and his co-author walking down the street somewhere in California, being interviewed by a white reporter. If you Google that and find that, you'll see how a appropriate their comments in exchange are for today but you see that what's going on is not new <laughs> like it isn't new and we we're still stuck on this part of it how you we need to be tearing down this system if, unless this should get right when we, then we need to tear down this system if we're not tearing down this system if we're talking about reform or you know bending and twisting something that's rotten from the core, you know, it's, it's just gonna keep biting us in the ass. And we can't even get to the innovative, intelligent, um, militant, intellectual ideas to change this whole system. We still stuck on criminal justice reform. Why? Because right. if you're not changing it, the, the, the other landscape of all this shit, it doesn't fucking matter. Because because clearly what criminal justice reform and the, the legal system is, it's the vanguard to oppression for Black and Hispanic people in, in America. That's what it is. Look, there's fucking white gangs. You ever see any AB or Aryan Brotherhood shit plastered all over the place? No, they make shows about that. And that shit looks dangerous and cool and subculture-like. There's white gangs. The motherfuckers in White House. Uh, Jared Kushner's, Jared, Jared Kushner's dad who did federal time and Paul Manafort who did federal time. Oliver North did time. So it's but like- But you know what's, 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 you know, what's funny, Kenny, it, it, you know, make me think about like these, I, I've been having a lot of like beef with these superhero films and shit. This uh, white vigilanteism that we've been seeing, you know, for generations and now it's kind of rearing its ugly head in real time right now. And we just like, and that's a crime and we don't recognize it as such or we got to, it's just in light of, you know, what we're seeing with this Eric Adams thing and this, you know, identification of like drill rap as being like the source of all this shit. And it's like a, you know, it's just like a thumbnail broad stroke. This group of people, you know, from this specific area 
are responsible for this type of crime. But you know what I'm saying? You see it in the media where people are doing acts of violence and it's seen as like some sort of like vindication or some justification. It has to go to trial. It has to, you know what I'm saying? It, it's not, it, it don't have that same kind of like broad stroke effect like this drill rap shit does. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so like, it's just some, you know, random vomit vomit in my, my mind that I'm trying to sift through. It's like, how are these acts of violence seen as justifiable and you know it could be you know put on the table for an, for analysis but then these other things are just like nah it's just they just violent lock them up you know i, I think so that you're I right like I, oh my, i was gonna I say like, i think that what, what you were saying ties into what kenny was saying about how the different the different view of of black violence and, and other violence in america right that that violence in america that's perpetrated by black people is used to define black people in a way that it's not for white people. And I think one of the interesting things in, in, in American history is sort of how the stereotype of black people has changed over time, right? Like in the slavery era, black people were portrayed as like loyal and sort of simplistic and needed, you know, this institution of slavery for their benefit almost, right? And then as time changes and we get in the civil rights era and the post-civil rights era, that's when you see this narrative of, of, you know, black people being violent and the response that we need, that, which is still the narrative today, is we need this oppressive policing, right? So I think that's part of the, the contradiction that we see is in terms of how do we view violence in America and what the solution is, and it always depends on whose violence it is. It's, it's like we're on like uh, one of those shows where people tell the audience when to clap and how to clap. It's like oh yeah, the black guy did this, that, and the third. Oh no, he's a criminal. And then some white guy does it. Oh no, he was just defending himself, all this other stuff. But I feel like it's been conditioned over time. Like Steve said, that we're portrayed as, you know, criminals and this, that, and the third. While people who are actually doing criminal acts, they're like, oh no, guilty until proven innocent. I mean, so innocent get, until get, proven guilty. Get Amos Wilson's book. He has a great book. Several on black violence. Phil, uh, time to take us out, dogs. What would you know? Well, Phil, send me your homework so I can check it. I know it's open school night coming right, up. Right, right, right. right. What, what's the last song you meatball? Jet, what's you? What song you want to? They talking about drill rap in this. It's the money I want. Yeah, we should. We should. Don't put that in your mouth. Include some kind of um. We gotta put cheap Jet said. Jet. Jay said. Jet said, K-Flock, is y'all ready? Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. K-Flock, the, the dude who dude yeah, who man, I, with murder up in the Bronx. I know, exactly. I'm a horrible dad. <laughs> no, 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 but we, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it permeates it's to you. Listen, it shows you how it, yeah. you know, listen, it gets to your house. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so, we're so inundated that it will get to your house. Just like it got to us, you know? I remember, I remember my first time hearing uh, G Rap, or or Just Ice, or N.W.A. or what else? You know, Mob that's D. why. I've, like, this isn't unique. Hip, I don't know why hip hop is always being crucified, or just black people are always being like nah, black people the art. Talking you know about why. that young rock, yeah, no. the, that's the fake out. We know why. Yeah, <laughs> we know what it is. It's not you know. <laughs>
Maybe. Like, why is this something new to y'all? Like, it's a distraction. But this this music is on a continuum line with all of it, with all of it. It's you know, think about it. The music had initially music in general and black culture in America had, was always a window into what people thought we were dealing with and doing or where we stood. It's always been that, uh, at least the perception of that. And um, this is no different. It's a distraction, though, to what we should be doing. But yeah, is it, is it y'all? Are y'all ready? I bet I still up it He the fastest Don't know why I'm running no Fuck it Back out Put the beat on the public Gah 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 Keep dumping Eat that baby That kid in on now OJ Rippin that muscle I'm dumping Gah Gah Nigga stop putting names In your song You alright Something is wrong Pepped on my block Show me you perform They can't wait Till they catch him Or what Okay Let's get it on EBK bitch I'm feeling like Melly He get shot If he told me Kelly Make it sexy Bitches get shot And get heavy Like when nasty Is you ready? We gon' bet through that block, leave it messy. Is you ready? We gon' bet through that block, leave it messy. Bitch, I'm a stomp, I don't really step. I don't do the step. Nigga, I'm a vet. Better watch your step. Better come correct. I'm a demon, so watch who you check. Bow. I was gonna say less. I slept with a notch, they pound on the tech. Yeah, I'll fuck a down with rack. Catch an LV, put him on his neck. LVK! Go! 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 Boom! Go! 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 Boom! Jay, what's yours? What you want? Hold on, Jay got one too. She said, let me show you, Dad. Tell me. Hurry up, boo-boo. Jay says, it's what? D&D, Blockwork, and Sha-Ek. Okay. You might need a screenshot. Yeah, that's new. That's different. All right. We, um, we out. And that's been the, the combine. We'll get up with y'all next week. All right, combine signing off. Peace, fam. Peace, man. Peace, fam. She stay on my side, I love my bitch Tired of these goofy niggas talking shit How you up six, you ain't hit shit Designer is all on my body With them young niggas smoking on Lottie Pull up on, he down for the army Can't trust no doc, can't lie me Say you spinning, so why you ain't find me New grip, got ten in the clip Bad don't like when you spinning your strip Slow baby, you know that's my rip On the block, my buzz and crisp If you fight, you get slapped like a bitch On the gang, I will not switch Stuck in the cage, I did not switch We make subs and we take trips Gang, B&B Smoke side, no TNT What the fuck is a PNV? 
ain't do no songs with heat. Might blow like TNT. That's DD. Free bro got booked for the knocker. Dumb bitch, you better move proper. Niggas dirty, they be sharing boxes. Got a scared to swim on my side. Fuck the ops, I'm trying to lie. Bro got the dice, we outside. No leg shots get hit in his eye. Oh, wow. G to the day that I die. Been in this block, there's none of my side. Spot him, fuck, I'm sending the guy. No, I'm a demon, just look in my eye. Watching my drip when a nigga arrive. My eyes show if I should have been die, but no. I'm from the hill, I throw up the O. Like a flag, I stay with my pole. Green light, you know I'm on go. Be the guys, I know they won't fold. That boy's a rat, I know he told. If he run up on me, then he better blow. Post on the block, right by the stove. They got shot, taking by this clothes. Block work, bitch, my name, you know. Hey, I'm smoking on niggas, y'all don't even know. Hey, I'm smoking on niggas, y'all don't even know. Gang in a BNB. Smoke sign, no TNT. What the fuck is a PNV? I ain't doing no songs with heat. Might blow like TNT. That's DD. Free bro got booked for the knocker. Dumb bitch, you better move proper. There's a whole lot of optical smoke, but I'd rather just smoke with the light like TNT, that's D&D.